welcome to Bethel. You guys can have a seat. So glad to see you guys today. <clears throat> so I, Ray and I were talking yesterday, and I was just curious, getting to know each other time, to make sure I'm not alone. I don't know, maybe. I Have you guys ever been playing a game like Monopoly or cards or something, and then into it you see that things aren't going so well, and you're like, kind of want to quit? And you're like, oh, man, I got to go. Like, I don't think I can finish this. I have things to do. Speaking from experience, you. <laughs> you, 24 years ago. <laughs> I, this, it's my checkers, turn. Checkers. Who gave him a mic? <laughs> One time I quit a game of checkers. One time. And you'll never let me forget. So anybody out time. there, anybody ever been in a game and then, like, quit? <laughs> No one is Bump a quitter? Table, Nobody. Stephanie's away. with me. Yes, we have a few people oh, yeah. that are like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just going to quit. I have somewhere to be. But really, it's because we knew we were going to lose, so we just kind of gave up and right, quit. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not alone. There's a few people. If you're visiting with us today, please don't quit. Not yet. <laughs> uh, if you're joining us online or in person, we're so glad that you're here today. And we would love to connect with you. And the easiest way to do that is by going to mybethel.cc slash connect. And there is a place for you to fill out some information so we can contact you this week and just see how we can answer any questions and see how we can better serve you. If you're in the building, there's some information on the seat back in front of you right there. Love to connect with you, and we promise not to spam you. We're just going to encourage you and connect with you so that we can see how we can serve together. Um, speaking of not quitting, uh, Chrissy and I have been in ministry for 19 years, and uh, we've been able to start churches in Central America. Uh, been back here at Bethel over the last five years. We've seen God do some miraculous things here through our church, and as we're growing and getting through a pandemic and trying to encourage one another to find and follow Jesus, it's an amazing uh, journey, but there is something that happens every so often, which is sometimes we want to quit. Sometimes. Right? Sometimes. Every once in a while. Yes. Sometimes every week. When you're starting week. a church, it is really seems hard to get going. When you're revitalizing yeah. a church or rebirthing a church, you yeah. on Monday afternoon, you're like, is this really supposed to happen this way when you see all my notes i know no, i'm just kidding yeah. just kidding my biggest critique right here uh Christy. constructive criticism. constructive yes yeah, yes, 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 yes yes correct of course, of course. <laughs> so but uh speaking of quitting um my friend will coleman he's not a quitter i know uh, you're like speaking of quitting speaking here's of quitting, my friend <laughs> i met will a couple years ago and god has uh, forged a friendship and a relationship and such a, a great godly man and uh last year uh, he told me that God was moving his family to St. Louis, and I got a little mad about it because uh, he we did. Were, he really because, did. I really did. I was mm -hmm. ticked. And uh, but anyway, um, God moved Will and his family to St. Louis and to um, restart a church. Uh, his own church is actually launched this year. And I know there's moments that that Will and his wife have wanted to quit. He's going to share his story um, here in a minute. But but ministry can be can be difficult at times. The Christian life can be dif difficult at times. We actually have said before. Being a believer is not for sissies. Following Jesus right. is not for sissies. It's right. that you want to quit um, often. And today we're going to see in our alignment series, we're going we're to be in Philippians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Philippians chapter 3. Or you can open up your smartphone, go to the live event, and follow along there. But we're going to talk about not quitting and keeping our eyes forward. So let's get started this morning. Well, good morning, Bethel Church. How y'all doing? 
Oh, see, this was better. See, I know these folks slept in a little bit longer. Because <laughs> the first service, it was like, hey, and I had to had rev them up. Y'all have had your coffee, probably ate some food, came in today. It is so good to be with you. Uh, as, as Pastor Ray and Christy said, my name is Will Coleman, uh, and I am the pastor of Cazone Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and it is an honor to be with you all at this 11 o'clock service. I don't know, where, where, where's the camera for the online folks? I want to make sure I'm looking at them. Is that, is that over there? How y'all doing online? So good to see y'all too. I can't see you, but I, you, you can see me, but it's good to you know, see you virtually. Love y'all. Love you so much. Uh, again, I'm so, so excited to be here today. I want to introduce you to my wonderful, beautiful, amazing, phenomenal wife, Davina. Yes, she's sitting here in the front row. We have been, I don't, she's not my, hey, who, who whistled? Oh, hold up now. I can do that. Don't, I don't know who that was. Watch yourself now. We made vows, okay? Vows, okay? Just joking, I love you guys. But she is, I don't ever call her my other half. She's my 100%. She's everything, and I would not be standing here before you if it were not for her. I just wouldn't, um, and so I wanted to shout her out. We, have, we are the parents of three beautiful little girls. They're eight, five, and two years old, and so if anyone has kids or has had kids that age, you know we are in the thick of it right now, but we are loving it. It is never a dull day, never a dull moment. Uh, I also want to shout out my mother and father-in-law are here with us as well from uh, Colleen, Texas, joined us here today as well, and so love you all so very much. They're pastors as well of Restoration House of God in Colleen, Texas, and so I'm so thankful to have them. I, before I get started, I just have to shout out your pastors because I don't know if we're here today, my wife and I, without them. They have been our friends, confidants, encouragers, we're going to be talking about don't quit today, and let me tell you something. They have been, if it were not for them, I'm telling you, I would have quit so many times, <laughs> so many times. But I think about how many times I literally have been like, man, this is, this is not what I'm called to do, and I get a text from your pastor. Hey, man, praying for you, thinking I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going here today, and so, so glad to be with you. Um, all the way from St. Louis, but I, St. Louis, somebody else from St. Louis, shout out to you, shout out, yeah. I, I will admit though, I feel though that I am, I have to admit, I'm slightly more of an Okie than a St. Louis, and here's why, here's why, somebody said that's right, here's why, so I grew up in St. Louis until I was 18, at 18 I moved to Oklahoma to go to college, and so from 18 until I was 38, I lived in Oklahoma 20 years. I only lived in St. Louis 18. So I've been in Oklahoma longer than I was in Missouri. So I feel like this is my home. I became a man here, started my family here, all of that. Oklahoma is very near and dear to my heart. And uh, as we're going to talk about today, it's so dear to my heart. I think about Oklahoma a lot, but we'll, we'll share that here in just a few minutes. But how many of you all have ever wanted to quit something in your life? Raise your hand. I don't, it doesn't matter what it was, you've ever wanted to quit. It could have been a class, could have been a job, it could have been a relationship, it could have been, and this may hit home for some of you, it could have been that workout plan that you started, could have been that diet plan, anybody? 
And I know that for me. COVID came around, and I totally forgot about my, my diet plan. But the Lord is still good, and he's still gracious. Uh, so what I want to do here today is, for anyone that has ever thought about it, or maybe you are in a situation right now that you're considering quitting something, is I want to encourage you, don't quit. Unless it's a bad habit, bad habits, we need to let those go. We need to let that go. Sin habits, we need to let those go. But just because something is difficult, don't quit. Just because you're going through a tough season, don't quit. Just because it's not all sunshine and roses, don't quit. Somebody say, don't quit. What I want to uh, do today is we're going to stay in this series alignment, and I want to sh- share a little bit of, of, of my story, my, my family story, uh, and connect it to Scripture, but really to encourage every single person here to not to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Every single one of us, pretty much everybody raised their hands, and so I think this message is for everyone, including the person preaching it. Because like I said, there's been many times that I have considered quitting what I'm doing right now. But we cannot quit. And I'm going to show you why we shouldn't quit. So what I want to do today is I want to share four things that we all must do to, number one, be aligned with Jesus, but also to finish this race well. Because life is not a sprint. It is a marathon. This Christian walk is not a sprint. It's a marathon. We, when we give our lives to Jesus, this, we're in it for the long haul. It's not just while things are going well, we don't say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and I'm only doing this for a year, then I'm going back to sin. No, we give our lives to Jesus and we say, we're in this. Not just for this life, but even into eternity. We're in it. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you and show you four things through Philippians chapter 3 that we must do in order to stay aligned with Jesus and to finish this race and to never, ever, ever quit. So let's go right now to Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. And um, if, listen, if you want to, you know, respond back to me, you can do it. Don't be scared to say amen or preach, brother, or whatever. Uh-huh, whatever it is, it's all good. It encourages a pastor. Every pastor would love to hear it. Now, don't do it, like, just to, just to do it, though. Like, don't say amen in, like, these weird places, and you're like, all I said was I ate breakfast. Amen. No, like, that's weird. But, like, if, if something is good, you can say amen. So let's go right now. Let's go into the Word of God because the Word of God is our roadmap. It shows us how to live. It's alive. It's active. So here's Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, and it says this. This is Paul. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection. What was he talking about? If you go back, if you all were here last week, Pastor Ray preached about the power of the resurrection and how Paul was talking about he wanted to experience Christ in this way that when I, I remember the first time I read this, I was like, man, this brother is deep. He wanted to experience the power that raised Jesus from the dead and even experience the, the suffering with Jesus. How many of you all want to suffer? You look forward to suffering. Like the light's bright, but I don't see one hand. I saw somebody do this. I highly doubt people want to suffer, right? Paul was at this place. He was like, in this walk with Christ, I want to experience the suffering of Jesus. He's crazy. That's crazy talk. But yet he opens this up going, hold up. I need y'all to understand something. I have not reached perfection. 
Because they could have read this. The church in Philippi could have read this and been like, yo, this, this dude right here, he's on a whole n- another level of being a follower of Jesus. He's saying, I have not reached perfection or achieved a perfection, but I press on. Somebody say press on. To possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. He's saying it again, just so that they understood. I am not there, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. Say press on. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. There's a lot in here. Even though it's only four verses, Paul says something again and again and again. And we're going to walk through this. And so what must we do to be aligned with Jesus as well as to finish our race well? The first thing that we all must do, if you're taking notes, is we must be humble. Paul opens up this portion of his letter by saying, listen, I am not all that in a bag of chips. I'm not this super Christian. Now, if anyone could have been like, rest on his laurels, it was Paul. Paul was, uh, he he knew the, the Torah back and forth. He knew it. He could quote everything in the Old Testament. He knew it. He, he, had, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How many of y'all have written the Bible that billions, maybe trillions of people have read? <laughs> Not me, right? I'm happy if a few people read a tweet. <laughs> He's writing letters. To, he started churches throughout the known world. If anyone could have been like, and he was, when he was writing this, he was in prison. For Jesus. Anyone could have been like, hey, y'all, I've reached it. It was him. But Paul had this sense of humility, understanding that it was not all about him. Because Paul understood something that we all must understand, is that all of our mission is the same. Paul was like, I've not reached this perfection. Listen, my mission is the exact same as yours. He says, our mission is is to lead people to Jesus, to bring heaven to earth. That's all of our mission. Now, how we go about that is different. Paul, an apostle, starting churches. Me, I'm a pastor in St. Louis. You may be a stay-at-home parent. You might be a teacher. You may be in the medical field. You may be in athletics. We all are in these different places doing this, but we all have the same mission. So we all must remain humble. How we go about it is different, but we're all after And going towards the same thing, Jesus, leading people to him. So we must understand that we must have this position of humility because while we are important and God has chosen every single one of us to point people to him, we are also not as important as we think we are. There's this humility. You have to start there. If any of us are not in a place of humility, then we will not be able to finish this race well. I believe it's uh, Proverbs talked about how God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. If you're proud and think you've got it all figured out, that you've arrived, that you are on the precipice of falling, I'm telling you, we all are. So we must remain humble. Uh, as, as I said, I wanted to, to share a little bit of our story 
Um, and our story is this, and we were living here in Oklahoma City, my wife and I, uh, part of a great church in the area called Life Church, and I had kind of come up through the ranks and become a campus pastor. We were visiting, in the, visiting another church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and felt God call me to move my family to St. Louis to pastor the church that my parents had started. What you need to understand about this is that this was never a dream of mine and definitely was not a dream of my wife's. <laughs> definitely. So much so, we, in the four, 13 years that we had been married at that time, we had never once mentioned ever living in St. Louis. Ever. It had never been a discussion. We, had, we would go to visit, and I told my parents in 1999 when I left to go to college, I'll be back to visit. I ain't coming back here to live, though. Uh-uh. No. So to hear the Lord say, I want you to go back, was humbling. Because I'm like, I done told all these folks I ain't never coming back. <laughs> and then now I got to tell my wife something. So I'll never forget the day that I was, because I waited about a month before I told my wife. Because I knew how she was going to respond. So I was like, hey, babe, uh, how you doing? <laughs> beautiful. Love you. Did I tell you how beautiful and how much I love you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I actually said was, have I ever told you God said and been wrong? And her face went, oh, no. What do you have to tell me? And I go on to tell her, I believe God's calling us to move to St. Louis. And she said, to do what? To pastor the church that my parents started. What you have to understand is a couple of things. Number one, I never wanted to move to St. Louis. She never wanted to move to St. Louis. I was a campus pastor at a church of 1,600 people. I was leaving that to go to a church that had maybe 25. And it was not in the best place. And her response was exactly how I thought it was going to be. Not good. <laughs> so much so that there was a look on her face that, that spoke volumes to me. She didn't say one word. But the look on her face said so much. It said, leave this room right now. So I picked up our little eight-month-old daughter at the time, and I said, I'm going to let you just give you some time to yourself. We gonna, I'm going to take her to work with me, and we'll be back later on in the day. And I left. I did. She, she came back to work with me. And uh, later that evening, she still was upset, but I'll never forget the very next day we were meeting uh, her parents in Ardmore because they had our kids. We were meeting them halfway. And it was her parents that actually said to us, you got to do it when we told them this is what God called us to do. Fast forward, I remember telling other uh, friends and people in our church community that this is what God was calling us to do. Our church here sent us off and was like, yes, this is what we believe and we're standing with you. And I remember having all these people come up and tell us, man, you guys have arrived. You, I, mean, I mean, think about it. You're leaving everything. You're doing something amazing. I can never do what you're doing. And I was like, uh, actually, you could. Has God ever told you to do something? Yeah. Did you do it? Yeah, that's all we're doing. We were starting from a place of humility. We hadn't arrived because we're leaving, you know, this life to do something else. No, we're doing what God has called us to do. And my hope and prayer is that every single person, whether it's moving to St. Louis, whether it's going across the street to a neighbor to tell them that God loves them, whether it's praying for somebody at the grocery store, whether it's encouraging a family member or a friend, that you just do whatever God's called you to do. Because remember, we start with humility. We're not great because we're going here. We're great because we're following after Jesus. And he's great. We're doing what he So well, the first thing that we must do is when we're going to finish the race and be aligned with Jesus is that we must be humble. Somebody say be humble. be humble. 
Be humble. The second thing that we must do is we must press on towards Jesus. Somebody say press on. Paul says this twice, really, really a third time, but I, really he says it, the actual words twice. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus possessed me. He's pressing on to Christ. Then he goes on in verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race. Then in verse 16, I hold on to the progress or moving forward that I've already done. And this is so important because if you notice, he doesn't say I uh, I glide on, I slide on, I float on. He says, I press on. Think about that word press. If you're in an elevator and you're on the first floor and you need to get to the fifth floor, the only way you will move is if you do what? Press the button. Press, there is no pressing without opposition. If I don't put pressure on that button, I don't go anywhere. If you want grape juice or wine, grapes must be pressed, right? There's opposition. There's something that must be crushed. There's something that's, must, that's in the way. That's pressing. Paul, he says it twice. I press on because he understood opposition. In order to finish this race, we've got to press on because there's always going to be opposition in front of us. Always. Paul's opposition was Every time, he, soon as he gave his life to Jesus, right? Matter of fact, before he gave his life to Jesus, he was blinded. Opposition. God removed the scales. Now go out, and I want you to bring my word to the Gentiles. But you know what? You're going to go through some stuff, Paul. Paul was stoned multiple times, shipwrecked, in prison. There was always opposition in your life. Same thing. Soon as you decide... I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm not staying in this addiction anymore. I'm walking free from this addiction. Opposition. Something to try to pull you back. Soon as you and your spouse decide, we're going to work this out. Opposition. Something happens with your finances. Now you're arguing again. Soon as you decide, we're, you know what? We're going to church. It rains. Or a few months ago, there was an ice storm. Power's out, Right? There's always going to be opposition, no matter what, but you still have to press on. you got to press on. For some of us, the, op- the, the opposition is difficult, like what Paul was talking about. It, there's pain, there's this strife. For others of us, the opposition is comfort. That was me and my wife. It was comfort. When God called us to go to St. Louis, we didn't want to go because we were very comfortable where we were at. Y'all, we, life was good here. I'm tell, listen, life was so good. We love Oklahoma. Even, even coming back, we were just talking about this the other, the other day. We were like, maybe we came back too soon. Like, we, we just we kind of want to come back and stay here, right? And, and, and here's why. So, the American dream is, I always tell people, I'm living the reverse of the American dream, okay? The American dream is you're born, you grow up, you go to high school, you either go to college, you go in the workforce, you get married, you have your 2.5 kids, you get a house, you retire, all of those things. So we did all let that up to building a house, and then God was like, I want you to go back to St. Louis. When you go back to St. Louis, you're going to live in your mama house. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. So at 34... 
We built a house. At 38, I'm in my mama's basement. And I was the guy that would talk about people that were still living with their mama. And now here I was living with, or not was, here I am living. I don't want y'all to think we've made it, but no, I'm living in this right now. When I leave here to go back to St. Louis next week, we are going back to my mother's basement. And that was hard for us because we're like, wait a minute. How are you going to call us now? Why didn't you call us 10 years ago before we did all of these things? It was comfort. And for some of you here today, there's comfort that is the opposite. You don't see it as opposition, but it is opposing you. You good at that job. But God's calling you to leave that job to do something else. And you're like, uh, that paycheck, <laughs> you don't understand. Those benefits, God, you don't understand. I ain't got to pay for nothing, right? Comfort is as much of opposition as pain and strife. Maybe more so, especially here in the West. We're comfortable. We're very comfortable in our lives, in our bubbles. But God is calling us. If we've seen anything in this last year, there's a shaking happening. Because God wants us out of this comfort that opposes it. He wants us to press on. Pressing on is not easy, though. It's not easy. You're going to face opposition. Once we got to St. Louis, you all, let me tell you about the community. We left, we left Edmond. Edmond, Oklahoma. Any of y'all been in Edmond, Oklahoma before? The rough streets of Edmond, Oklahoma. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We left there to St. Louis, Missouri, which if you do not know about St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis has the, higher, the highest murder rate in the United States of America. You may not know that because you hear more about on the news Chicago because Chicago is a bigger city. But per capita, St. Louis has the highest murder rate, high crime, high poverty. We are in a community. Our church is literally five minutes from where the Ferguson riots happened. Five minutes. The building that we're in is an 80-year-old building that has been through the ringer. The moment we got there, walk into this building, I'm like, okay, Lord, you called us to do this thing here, start this, replant this church here. Okay, Lord, first thing that we're going to do is we're going to do something in this building. All right, let's go. I think we're going to put some paint on the wall. We're going to put some lights up. Let's do this. And the day I get there, my mom was like, hey, the heater in that room over there doesn't work. Okay, we got to get that fixed. So we get that fixed. Cool, now let's, let's do everything else in the building. And another part of the building, the heat and AC go out. Oh, my goodness. Then the plumbing issues. And then there's trash, literal, literal trash in the streets of where we're at. Every single week we're having to pick up trash out of the parking lot every single week. Every time I felt like we were taking a step forward, opposition, opposition. But we had to press on no matter what. I couldn't just go, oh, it's too hard. Let me go back to my comfortable life in Oklahoma, even though you know, I thought about it many times. <laughs> we couldn't. We had to press on and go, opposition is here. We fight through it anyway. Let me show you some of the opposition that we pressed on through was we said, okay, these other, we've got four spaces in our building. Two of them have no heat or AC right now. Okay, that's fine. 
We're going to focus on the two areas that we do have heat and air. Let's press on. Let's get these fixed up. Let's get these changed. Let me show you what we've been able to do so far because we've pressed on. This is our auditorium before. This is how it looks now. So this is the auditorium, and the next clip you're going to see is our kid space. And you'll see some of the things we had to press through. So this is an 80-year-old building. You see things hanging from the ceiling. We had to pull down insulation, 50-, 60-year-old insulation that was causing the whole building to smell bad, smelled like a dead animal. I'm not lying. And these are our faithful few people that pressed on with us and said, no matter what, we're here to impact this community. And this building is a tool to reach people for Jesus. And this is how it looks now. Now here are the people that have helped over these last, the last couple months to get this building in a place that we could serve our community. Thank you all. That happened because we pressed on. We didn't just go, oh my gosh, it's hard. Because it's hard. We press on anyway. No matter how hard it gets in your life, you press on. You focus on what you can do. You can't do everything, but you can do something, right? You can't do everything, but you can do one thing. And speaking of one thing, that's exactly what Paul tells us that he did, which leads me to my third point. The first thing, if we're going to be in line with Jesus and we're going to finish this race, we must be humble. The second thing, we must press on, go through opposition. The third thing, there's one thing we must do, we must focus. Look at what Paul says. He says, I've not achieved perfection, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. He says it again. His focus was on what was ahead, not what was, what, what was behind him. Now, a lot of times when I read this verse about focusing what was behind, I always thought about the negative. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to focus on, you know, my, my past sin habits. I'm not going to focus on my old life. I'm not going to focus on the, all those bad things that happened in the past. And I think that's true. We should not focus on those things. But I also believe Paul was also talking about not focusing on my past accomplishments. Because if anybody could have rested on his laurels, like I said before, it was Paul. He knew the law by age 12. He persecuted the church. He was standing up for what he thought was God. God didn't let him to lead. I mean, really, if you think about it, because of Paul's writings, so many billions of people have come to faith in Christ, right? But he's like, I can't 
look back and just go, well, I started the church in Corinth and I started the church in Thessalonica. And I did, he, couldn't, he couldn't look back. He said, I, gotta, I cannot, I got to forget what's behind me and I got to focus on what's ahead of me as well. And you have to understand where he's writing this from. He's in prison. I'm going to say it again. He's in prison. And he's saying, I'm still focusing on what lies ahead of me. He could have been focusing on the facts. The facts was he was in prison, and it wasn't like a United States prison. <laughs> Way worse. And he didn't know when he was going to get out. There was no promise of that. And he said, I'm still, not gonna, I'm still focusing on what's ahead of me. He said, I'm not going to focus on the facts. I'm going to focus on my faith in Jesus. We press on towards Jesus, and we focus on Jesus. I think about my own life. I told you, we left here, and we got to St. Louis, and it's easy for me to let go and forget those things in my past that I didn't, you know, I'm not proud of. It's hard to let go of those things that I am proud of and those things that I wanted to hold on to. But we got to let those go as well. We got to St. Louis, and I told you that the area that we're in, very difficult area. And so I found myself for a month. We moved there in June, very towards the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like, God, really, are you going to call us to do this now? Why couldn't you call us to do this a couple of years before? Why couldn't you call us to do this after all of this COVID stuff is gone, right? Why? Why now, in the middle of a global pandemic, you calling us to move? And we got there, and I started looking. Well, before, let me say this. Before we got there, I was faithful, y'all. I was like, yeah, we're going to transform a community. The church is called Kazon, which is the Hebrew word for God's vision. And we're going to bring God's vision to a community. We're going to present God's vision to people so they believe, love, and live Jesus. We're going to transform the world. This is Sparta. Like, well, I was fired up, <laughs> ready to do it. And we got there, and then I, my faith focus started shifting to a facts focus. This community looks terrible. There's trash in the streets. People aren't nice to you. This Oklahoma Southern Hospital, so much hospitality. People, they'll greet you. They'll shake your hand. Sometimes up there, hey, how you doing? Who are you talking to? I don't know you. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say hello. Okay, God bless. And I was so focused on the facts. The facts were this was difficult. This was the hood. This wasn't Edmund. <laughs> the facts was we were at a church of 20 some odd people and we don't have any money. The facts were I'm living in my mama's basement. I was so focused on the facts that I started losing sight of Jesus and what he had called me there for. But Paul lets us know one thing that we do is we focus not on the past, not on the past accomplishment, not on the facts. Now, the facts, let me, let me, let me say this for anybody. You don't disregard the facts. The facts are the facts. For some of you, the fact is you are sick in your body. And you're having to go to the doctor monthly, weekly, because the fact is that your body is, is, is sick. The fact is, for some of you, your financial situation since COVID has gotten drastically worse. For others of you, the fact is your marriage is on the rocks right now. The fact is, for some of you, your children have walked away from Jesus. Those are the facts. But we don't disregard those facts 
but we don't focus on the facts. Paul says, I don't focus on that. I focus on pressing on towards Jesus. I'm focusing on faith. The facts should lead you to faith, faith in Jesus. Here was a man that was in prison, but he said, I'm still pressing on towards Jesus. You may be sick in your body, but your, that sickness should lead to drive you to faith in Jesus Christ that he's a healer. It should drive you that he's a restorer of brokenness. He's the, he's the one that can bring, transform anybody's life. For us, it was I had to get my eyes off of just what was happening in the community and really see that the community needed Jesus. So I got off of the facts, and I got on to faith. And I want to encourage you. Are you so focused on the facts in your life that it's keeping you to not move? I'm not doing anything. It's, it's, too, it's too crazy. Or is it causing you to do something that you shouldn't do? Right? I hate this job. I'm looking for something else. But did God call you to do something else? Right? I'm sick of this relationship. I want out. I'm looking for something else. But you made vows. Stay in it. Not the facts. The faith. God is able. Faith is risky, though. Faith is risky. I'm going to say it again. Following, faith is risky because you don't know. We don't know. None of us have died, so we don't know what's on the other side of death. But faith says on the other side of this life, there is a risen Savior who is waiting to say, well done, good and faithful servant, because you finished the race. Are you willing to risk what you think is the right thing for the promises of God? It's not easy, but it's necessary. You focus. Where is your focus right now? Where is your focus at? Is it on Jesus or is it on the facts? You two online. So what do we do? If we're going to finish this race and be aligned with Jesus, the first thing we do is we, we walk in humility. Be humble. The second thing is we press on towards Jesus. There's going to be opposition, but Jesus is the focus. We've then we focus on Jesus, not on our past failures, not on our past accomplishments. We focus on Jesus. The, the fact should lead us to our faith. And the last, final thing that we do is don't quit. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Don't quit. Because some of you walked in today, and I don't know what situation it is, but you walked in here today thinking about some other situation going, I'm quitting. I'm giving up. I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm dropping out of this class. I'm quitting this job. I'm leaving this relationship. I'm giving up on my child. They're going to have to figure it out on their own. I'll quit. But we don't quit. Look at what Paul says. Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on to the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize. How many of you all have ever played sports or been to a sporting event before? Okay, let me ask you this. In basketball, when they throw it up for the tip, they tip it, does the referee stop the game and go, all right. Let's give out the trophies. Nope. What about at halftime? 
When the teams go to their locker rooms, they go, okay, before you go to your locker rooms, we got the trophy here. Come on and get it. No. When do they get the trophy? When do they get the medal? In the end, when they finish. Some of you, it's the first quarter, and you're ready to quit already because things have gotten hard. Others of you, it's halftime, and you're like, whew, I'm done. <laughs> I gave all I had. Can't give anymore. I'm done. Don't quit. There's a race to be ran. There's a life to be lived. Don't quit. He said to the end of the race for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Why don't we quit? Because Jesus is calling you. He called you. You didn't call yourself. He called you. And he's saying, finish. Think about my little daughters. Whether they're in trouble or I want to play with them, I say, come on, come on, baby girl. Come on, Zoe. Come on, Hadassah. Come on, Willow. And they're way over there, and they start coming towards me. For every single one of us, that's what Jesus is doing for you. Come on. Oh, I know, it's, I know it's difficult, but come on. Come on. I called you. Come on. You can do this. It's hard, but come on. Christ Jesus is calling you. Let me tell you, I know this to be true. I've been in St. Louis almost a year, and I've thought about quitting almost every single week that I was there. Y'all think I'm playing. <laughs> I'm serious. I thought about quitting so many times. There's been many times things have gotten rough at the church, or I'm just thinking about, man, I missed my life back in Oklahoma, or this is due hard. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. All of these different things. Think about it. But I can't quit because Jesus is calling me. He called me there. I didn't call myself. I didn't birth myself. God formed and fashioned me to be here. The same for you. He's calling you. I think about every time that I've, I've thought about quitting, I've got a text from your pastor or another friend or a family member that said, hey, you can do this. You're called to it. Easter Sunday, y'all, the week of Easter, I want to quit. Think about this. A pastor wanting to quit Easter weekend? <laughs> if there's ever the, the easiest message to preach all year long, is on Easter. I could, any pastor could literally get up on stage and say, Jesus died, but he rose from the dead. Amen. Let's pray. That's literally all I have to do. I could, but here it was. I'm leading up to Easter, and I'm like, I don't know what to preach. Yeah, I ain't called to this. I, I'm out. I think, if we, babe, if we move back to Oklahoma City, I'm sure Live Church will let us come back in on an entry-level position. We can get out of my mom's basement. We can find us a really nice house. We've saved up a little bit of money. It ain't the same house we was in, but we can find us a good one. Let's just give it up. And my wife saw me, and she's like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm ready to quit. I have nothing. There was nothing on my paper. Easter weekend, nothing for this message. She said, babe, we can't quit. She sat down with me. We walked through the message. And now it's the week after Easter, and I'm here, so I haven't quit. <laughs> but I've thought about it many, 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 many times. I did, because it's, life itself is hard for all of us. We lose loved ones. We get sick. We face difficult times in the economy. The whole world shuts down. Your political party doesn't win. They do win. There's so many things that can, life can be like this, Right? Am I the only one that life has been hard and difficult for? Is anybody else? But we cannot quit because Jesus is calling us. He didn't say, 
Come to me when it's easy. He said, come to me no matter what. Paul, and I'm just about done. Paul was in prison writing to a church from prison saying, don't give up. Don't quit. If anybody could have wanted to quit, it could have been him. He's in, wait, you in prison for following Jesus, man. Just denounce him and you out. No, it's hard, but we don't quit. I'm going to say it again. We don't quit. Why? Jesus is calling you and because there's so much in you. Do you realize that none of us are created unto ourselves? How do I know this? Every one of us was born into a family. Now, you may not know your family. You may not have grown up with your family, but every single one of us has a mother and a father. God created us not to ourselves, but for other people as well. And did you know that there are people that are connected to you that if you give up, they don't reach their end? Imagine if Paul would have said, as soon as he got arrested, I'm out. All these churches he started, they all could have been like, we out too then. And none of us would be here today. If you quit that job, there's someone at that job that will never meet Jesus. If you quit on that relationship, your children will see, I can just give up. If you drop out of school, the people around you will go, man, she dropped out. If it gets hard for me, I can drop out too. When ministry gets hard, if I would have quit this last year, and I'm only in the first year of being a senior pastor, first year, if I quit, there's a community in St. Louis that stays where it's at. But it's not just about me, it's about us. Don't quit. Say it. Say it again. Say it again. Don't quit. As I get ready to close, I want to show you a clip to encourage you, to strengthen you, to, to, to remind you that there's so much more that God wants to do in and through you if you don't quit. It's a movie, it's a clip from a movie called Facing the Giants. Anybody ever seen that? Yeah. And it's the clip where a young man on this team does not believe that their team is good enough to beat another team. And his coach puts him through an exercise to say, I need you to believe. I need you to not be able to give up because if you give up, we all give up. And it's the same for you. So let's watch this clip and then I'll close us out in prayer. Don't quit. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you go to the 50. The 50. I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You're going to give me your best. I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. Watch what he does. It's not about the fact, it's about faith. He blindfolds him. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I did a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Use your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. It's going to be good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. Yet? Forget the 20. You 
You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving. Keep, your, keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you've got. Come on, keep going. Sir, don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. A bad strength. And you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. I know how you keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promise me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. You can, you can cut it off there. You are the most he told him he was supposed to go to the 50. He went 100 yards. He was carrying someone on his back. And uh, Pastor Christie mentioned this at the last service, that my favorite part wasn't the fact that he made it 100 yards. was the fact that his teammates saw how far he went. And if he would have given up at any point before that, they would have also saw that. But he didn't quit. And so for you, I don't know where you're at today. You may be at the 10-yard line, and, your coach, and Jesus is saying, get to the 50. And you're like, it hurts. It's painful. You may be at the other, on the other end of the field, and you're like, this hurts. This is too much. And Jesus is that coach. Come on. Come to me. Don't quit. Don't quit. Because if you quit, the others around you will quit. But if you'll stay humble, if you'll press on, if you're focused on Jesus and you don't quit, you will finish the race and others around you will finish the race as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for calling us here today. I pray that you spoke to every single person here today right where they were at. 
I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would strengthen them to remain humble, to know it's not all about them, it's all about you. They, God, that you will uh, help them to press on. When they face oppositions, they keep going. God, that you will help them to focus, not on the facts, but on faith in you, that the facts lead us to you. And that, God, no matter what, we don't quit. We don't give up. We don't give in. We look to you because with you, all things are possible. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. Um, I've often joked that I have the gift of justification. And what I mean by that is if I want something, I can justify that I need it. And yep. I, I've also learned that I'm good at with other people, too. Like, if you want a new pair of boots, see me after church, and I can <laughs> get, I, we can get it on paper that you need those boots. Here's the thing. We get so good at justification yep. that we can just justify Jesus right out of it. And right. the decisions that we're making. And something that I heard this service was, Will could have went to Davina, and she could have been like, nope, okay, it's over. Sorry, God, she just doesn't want to go. They could have went to the parents, and they could have been like, well, that sounds dangerous. You know, I don't think yep. you should be taking your girls there. You guys, we have a responsibility to the people around us. That, yeah, we can just help them justify through life to get what's comfortable, to get what we want. But God has called us to do something bigger. God has called us to get on our knees and say, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. It's hard, but don't quit. And that's what we have to focus on. We can't just be looking for the easy way out all the time. We have to say, get back to the race. Hey, get back to the race. Jesus is there. His arms are open again and again. He's saying, get back on the path. Get back to me. Come to me. Get back. And he's there. Yeah. And if you're, and if you're still living and breathing, there is no retirement from faith. If you, if you heard this this morning, that most of us want to say, I'm just done. I'm finished. I, right. I, I accomplished my goal so I can sit back right. and retire right. and not everybody else serve. If you're still living, you cannot retire. When I just think quit. of when we have that mentality, what are we missing out on right now? That's right. That's Who right. is not hearing about Jesus because we decided right. to stop? Well, here at Bethel, we say it all the time. And uh, Pastor Will and I have talked about this. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's all about others. others. Uh, watching that clip, there's a clip. There's four four groups of three people that you see in the clip over and over again. The guy that said, "Don't quit." You see the guy that's crawling on his mm-hmm. on his hands mm-hmm. on his arms, and you have the guy on his back. And you're one of those people. You're either going to be saying, "Don't mm-hmm. quit! Don't quit! Don't quit!" You're going to be carrying someone on your back, or maybe you're the one being carried right on your back. I think we you're all are there people. at different parts yeah, in our right. life, actually. That so we don't all quit. find ourselves don't there. quit. And we want to encourage you. Uh, Pastor Will, we love you. We are so yeah. thankful for you and the ministry God's called you to. Uh, we want to partner with you. Actually, in the first service, someone came up to me and said, can you give this to Pastor Will? I'll give it to you later. Uh, but it was some money. And so you know what it takes money sometimes yeah. to, to accomplish the mission? Right. The gospel's free, but it costs money to get there. And so uh, Bethel Community Church in the month of uh, December also raised some money. We're going to give to Pastor Will this week as well. Uh, but we're excited to partner with them. Uh, but here's, here's what I want to encourage all of you to do. I want to encourage you this, this week to pray uh, for Pastor Will, for, for, for Davina, for their girls, and that you would just pray that God would just give them a protection, that God would give them a, a covering, that God would actually give them encouragement. Uh, and that moment, maybe, when Pastor Will's like, I'm, I'm out, maybe you send him a Facebook message, and right. maybe he's going to get it. Uh, don't give him your phone number, because your phone will blow up, Pastor Will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If, he, if he'll give you your phone number, then you can text him all day long. But Pastor Will, we love you. We're with you. We're standing with you, and we want to encourage you don't quit. Thanks for that message. That was to us, yeah. uh, but also back at you. Well, and it was uh, something so. you said in the first service was, who else? Who's going with, who's going with them? <laughs> I think What's God, God was calling some you of you. to do? 
Like, what's God calling you to do? I was some of our good people in the first service as they're going, so I didn't oh, say that this time. Oh, okay, so, so we, okay, never mind. I know. No, so. but God is calling us to do big things, and yeah. I think that when we say no, we're just missing out. We're right. missing out on watching him through us doing something about things. faith and God puts you exactly where you do need to be to depend more on him. And so possibly God's stirring in your heart, uh, man, I need to go out and start a church or maybe I need to go partner with someone starting a church. Maybe I need to move to St. Louis uh, or God forbid to Texas. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Um, but, I mean, wherever God's moving you, he puts you where you need to be so that your faith actually is extended. Uh, so let's, let's, don't forget that. Uh, let's not retire, but let's continue to press forward. That's right. Thank you guys so much for being here today. We, we love you, and we're so glad that we're in it together, right? We're not alone. We don't ever have to go through the hard stuff alone. That's so right. don't quit. Wherever you are, don't quit. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to encourage you to help you That's wherever right. you are. Here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great week. Love you guys.